Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook downloaded at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Yo, Aaron. Yeah? You would say you're a writer, right? Right or wrong, I write all right. Yeah, okay. What? Whatever. Anyway, have you ever ghostwritten anything? Oh, sure, all the time. I love doing it in the streets at night. We get crazy while people look at us like we're insane. Wait, what? You you ghostwrite in the street? With the whip, yes. Wait, are you talking about ghostwriting? Isn't that what you asked? No, no, no. I'm asking about ghostwriting. Oh, 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 yeah. No, I, I never did that. Hey, what's that behind you? Always, this is Abe. Hello, 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 hello. Hey, hey. Oh, so okay. <laughs> Out now is a film podcast with Abe and I, which has Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode one hundred and twelve, the scariest number of them all, of course, because we are talking about The Conjuring on this episode, <sighs> new film from director James Wan. We are all recording in the dark. I know I am. All my lights are off except for this bright computer monitor in front of me, which actually makes it scarier than I thought it would be. So let's continue on in that matter. Joining us to discuss The Conjuring this week, episode 112. I just wanted to say that again for no reason whatsoever. Joining us to discuss The Conjuring, we have, from Just Seen It, the owner of several creepy puppets, Aaron Fink. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, many creepy puppets. (laughs) And from The Examiner, I forgot to write an intro, Marcus Robinson. Hey, what's up? How you doing, Marcus? No yeah. relation to Jack. First, we make fun no. of him liking right. Beast of the Southern Wild, and now you don't write him an intro. I literally, this is unacceptable, it's Aaron. I'm like, I'm just noticing this right now. There's like, there's like a space where I was going to write it, and I just completely <laughs> blanked on that part. <laughs> so here he is. Marcus is back. Obviously, because this is the like the second most important black movie of the year, I've recombined the team that is Aaron is Fink it? and Marcus Robinson. Is it? I'm also, I'm also watching it in is the Is it, dark. Aaron? Is, yes. it, is it the most important movie? <laughs> the se- it said it's the second most important black movie of the year. That's why I've recombined the whitest person I know, Aaron Fink, and the the, 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 the closest Jackie Robinson wow. I know, Marcus I'm Robinson. I'm offended, dude. I'm not that white. Come on now. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, getting off, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> getting off these racial taboos. Um <laughs> We're Let's, breaking barriers, son. Exactly. Every day. Let's get to some announcements here. Um, I've just gotten back from Comic-Con. That's what's been going on in my life for the past five days. 
And um, we're going to have a show, um, a special bonus episode devoted to Comic-Con. I believe friend of the show, Alan Aguilera and Josh LaRue, will probably be on that show. We'll recap everything that happened at Comic-Con, all the various announcements, surprises, footage we saw, things of that nature. It will be great to share those things. And, um, yeah, that should be that should be fun. Some high, I'll just point out some things right now. Batman, Superman movies, that's happening. There's something that I didn't see coming. Get out of here, Zack Snyder. That's Get out of here. Uh, what else? <laughs> We Spider- don't need any of that. Are you Spider- kidding me? Sp- Spider-Man 2 stuff was, was shown. And um, s- some X-Men Days of Future's Past stuff was shown. All of this will be learned, will be talked about more in our upcoming Comic-Con episodes. So I'll just put that out there right now. Um, let's see. What else? Um, iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. Helps out the show. Um, it takes very little time. All you have to do is log into iTunes and you know give a little star rating, possibly write a sentence or something. And uh, yeah, it should be... Should be good stuff there. So, uh, Abe, any other thoughts on mind? Uh, absolutely not, except that if you haven't checked out Aaron's Gypsy Danger Comic Con picture series on Instagram, you should definitely check that out. That's that's true. I am D R Z E E K on Instagram. Doctor Zeke, you can. I, I took my Gypsy Danger action figure. I did note that I could not find one last on last week's show. I was I managed to acquire one. By mysterious means. Was it mysterious? Yes. It was mysterious, yes. And um, I took it to Comic-Con with me, and most, almost every picture I took with my phone to put on Instagram, I had Gypsy Danger in it in some manner. So that... What Aaron doesn't know is actually it's possessed by the, a demonic spirit, and it just oh, no. showed up at his... Oh, no. Gypsy Danger action figure. <laughs> I just want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> Dream big. That's what I say. Um, you got to want it. You gotta want it. <laughs> you, you gotta want it. All right. I didn't write no everybody questions either, but I'll. Think, oh, Aaron. Oh, come oh, on. oh, okay. slacker. oh, oh some of us Don't were busy do this all every week. week. <laughs> yes, I do, but whatever. Let's get to it. Let's get to know everybody. Each week and out now, there and today, we play a game called Know Everybody, where we try to set the tone for the podcast and better get to know everybody by asking each other some questions. And I'm gonna let Abe start this one off this week. Cool. Um. Marcus. Yeah, I'm here. You're walking into a spooky house. Not haunted, just spooky. It could be like the del- dilapidated building in your street. Mm-hmm. Which would you hate seeing more? A young child, an old woman, or a spooky wooden doll about three feet tall? Old woman. Yes, I would probably be spooked up by them, <laughs> honestly. Well, but... I... old woman. It's the, it's the skin. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, the creepiest the thing. I think it's the, 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 the creepiest object is you like mix it together, and it's some kind of like Benjamin Button old woman <laughs> oh, thing, and it's like just, it's just it, it's just standing at the foot of your bed. I, I it's all like, like whoa, crows, at the foot of your bed. Crow's feet scare me. <laughs> Noted. I That's... will. will <laughs> you that. Okay. Scary stuff, guys. Aaron, though, Aaron, be careful. He might send you something like that. As long as it's not like a creepy Benjamin Button sitting at the top of my bed, and it's just looking at me, and it's like I was getting younger, and they were getting older. <laughs> <Spooky>. <laughs> All, right. All right, um, Aaron Fink. Yeah. All right, if you were haunted by a celebrity, who would it be? <laughs> oh my God, they have to be dead. Uh, let's see. Whatever. Or if it's just an alive celebrity, <laughs> just, somebody that I want to be dead. Um, I don't know. Uh, let me think about this. God, the first thing that popped in my mind was Marlon Brando, but I don't know if I'd want like 
Uh, Aaron, take a shower. You know, the photo. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I was thinking maybe Cary Grant because that would just add class to everything I did. Mm. You know, he just he'd be a good influence on me. I'd wear suits. I'd uh, I you know talk with a slightly northeastern accent that didn't really fit in any particular geographical location. <laughs> it would it would be wonderful. <laughs> and awkward silence. That's a good answer. Right, Thank you're you. Up. You're up. Okay, um, Abe. Yeah. Uh, I guess you're not a big horror person, so maybe this won't work. But you, could ask. you should ask Aaron. <laughs> no, no, no. I think this okay. is actually it might work. Well, I like, haven't asked the question. What is what is the one thing that, regardless of whether it's in a horror movie or not, that you absolutely are scared less of? What am I absolutely scared less of? Yeah. yeah. What's it could be a horror, it could be a horror movie thing, or it could just be something else in what life. What scares you, Abe? It's 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 a it's a it's a horror movie genre type. It's those home invasion ones, uh, <laughs> where where really they're just people who are invading your home, and there's nothing supernatural about them. They're just uh, incredibly tenacious about trying to end your life. So, I, yeah, I, I'm with Abe on that one. And, oh yeah, and, you know. Oh, even Scream's kind of a joke. It does kind of freak me out. What is that? What? what? Even though Scream's kind of a joke, it kind of freaks me out at the same time because, you know... Bunch I mean, of high school teenagers trying to, like, kill everybody? Yeah, yeah it's real. Just, it's yeah. real, man. That could happen, man. It can. Exactly. Scream 2 scarier. <laughs> <laughs> Scream 4, fun, but Aaron hated it. That's because it's a bad movie. <laughs> Not All right, as bad as Scream 3. <clears throat> Boom. Uh, Aaron. They're about tied. Uh, Aaron Newworth, yeah. I should say. Yes, yeah. <laughs> You're writing a horror movie. Which trinket do you have your horror villain basically be uh, living in? You know, he's stuck in there uh, before being let out by a group of either wild teenagers or a group of people who uh, don't read the rules. Okay, so I'm either like walking into Patrick Wilson's hobby room or I'm walking into the, exactly. base, the basement in the cabin and there's something there and I shouldn't pick yeah. that up, but I did. Yes. Um, I'm, hmm. I'm going to say a, a moon pie. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> moon pie. Like there's a really old moon pie. It's really dusty. It's like, it's like, the, it's the ghost of like Buzz Aldrin's second oldest cousin. <laughs> I just saw that in the movie. What was that where somebody ate a, like a 10 year old moon pie? Was that Red 2? It's Red 2. We'll get to yeah. Red 2, by the way. We'll get, we'll get to, we'll get to Red wow. 2. I saw moon that terrible pies. movie with you. Yeah, we, moon yeah, pies we... almost remind me of the Simpsons episode where like, uh, Abe Simpsons, uh, you know, his fellow housemate just freezes himself in a poo's freezer at the Quickie Mart and he's like, moon pies. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> That's after he got thought out from being Frostelicus. Um, I had a question I had a question in mind now I've forgotten it but I'm gonna come up with one anyway any second now it's coming to me I had it I had that question hold on I was over there come on Aaron don't don't stall my favorite Simpsons moment while you wait oh yeah (laughs) what is your favorite Simpsons moment well lately it's it's just because I saw it on TV a couple days ago it's when Bart runs away from school and Principal Skinner is calling Homer and he's at the nuclear power plant. He comes running towards the phone in a, a towel, and he's like, wait, wait, don't hang up. And Principal Skinner says, do you know where your son is? And Homer says, you'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. <laughs> 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 yes. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Pressure's on, Aaron. Yeah. I guess. 
Okay. Come on. God. That's a James Wan movie. Um, Marcus is waiting. I have a, I have a Simpsons one. Let's hear it. I can't wait to <laughs> edit all these Simpsons anecdotes out of the podcast. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Oh, they're going to be in there. Uh, Homer smokes marijuana and, uh, Flanders comes to the door and he says, can God, can God microwave a burrito so hot that he himself cannot eat it? <laughs> I think that was the most, that was, that was it for me. That was the one of most my favorite line I've ever heard. Whatever that life. One of my favorite Homer lines that's in that same episode actually is like uh-huh. Homer is high because he's doing like medicinal marijuana in that episode. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's a scene where like he walks out of the out of the room with like Marge and everybody like out of the living room and into the kitchen and he says, "We have a kitchen," and it just like <laughs> kills me. <laughs> it was a uh, so okay. That episode has got to be the film festival one. Like, <laughs> oh yes, we can we can we can like, save this for the Simpsons retrospective podcast. I know. We uh, here, I got I have a question now, Marcus. <laughs> Okay. Is there okay. a movie that used to scare you a whole lot, but you watch it now and you think, "Wow, how was scared of that movie?" Uh, that Medea goes to prison movie. <laughs> <laughs> you used to be scared of that, but you, it, you, be you became accustomed of it. <laughs> I guess no, the Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Ah. Probably used to scare. It used to scare me. I, I and then I saw it again a few years ago, and it was, I, it was kind of lame. More fun than scary. It's a, uh, not even that fun. It's a fun I, Spielberg was, movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Directed by Toby Hooper. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say it, by the way, mainly because I once, oh, okay. I, got, once I got to the end of it, then I was like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. I will throw it back to Fink. Would you say, hey, maybe I should? Okay, I'll direct it at you, you it and me. Aaron. Yeah. yeah. There we go. There we go. Would you say that a majority of horror films that you like? are explicit as far as gory and, 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 and nudity and whatnot. It's an Yeah, I think so. I don't know if it's because that's what I want in a horror film, but it might just be coincidental. Cause I, I really love like house of a thousand corpses and a bunch of crazy shit like that. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess I would say, yes, I kind of like that stuff more, but I don't necessarily gravitate towards it on purpose. I would say it's a, it's a balance. Like it's not something that, drives me in horror movies it's just a matter of how good the movie is because i yeah. like everyone knows i love the evil dead trilogy and i and i love a good zombie movie um but i also i love simplicity in horror movies and i love um like the original halloween for example it's one of my favorite horror movies and there's nothing in that movie same with the original texas chainsaw massacre there's almost no blood in that movie and they're just they're movies that just do a lot right and psycho i think is like the ultimate example too i mean there's just movies that do things right with tone and atmosphere and just character story or whatever that don't depend on the the content of said movie but the content's not something that uh necessarily uh drives me towards liking a horror movie one way or the other yeah i mean like the i love the descent too and yeah. Um, oh yeah that's you know the first half of that movie is all about like claustrophobia let alone you know monsters afterwards <laughs> but it you know I'm I'm kind of open to anything I don't necessarily seek anything out in particular. I have a new question. No, oh. no I'm gonna throw it to Abe. Oh, no. Abe, do you um do no. you find do you find yourself getting more scared in horror movies when you see them with an audience or when you're by yourself? Oh, definitely by myself, because then the imagination starts playing and you're thinking, "There's nobody here. Why am I hearing this heavy breathing behind me?" And then it just turns out to be a dog or something. Or like your actual roommate. 
well, yeah, it's it's actually my demonic roommate. It's a, it's a buddy comedy movie I'm I'm filming right now. <laughs> I'm all out of questions. Dude, who else had one? Did Fink have a second question? Aaron, you have a second? I question? haven't asked one yet. Um, oh. I had it, and I and I don't know what it is anymore. Let's talk about the Simpsons. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> one of my favorite lines is when Homer is like, or Marge is like, "Have you noticed anything new with Bart?" And he's like, "New glasses." And he's like, no, something else. Like, probably misses his old glasses. <laughs> that's that's a good one. You know, keeping it in, keeping it horror themed. I think, without a doubt, uh, Treehouse of Horror Five is the best one. That's the one with the Shining and oh, um, Shining. Oh, yeah. the Shining. Yeah. Sorry, you want to get sued? Um, <laughs> and the um, <laughs> do you want to? <laughs> the Shining and the um, the War Homer goes back in time and oh yeah and um. And the last one's the the one with the kitchen where they're where the teachers are eating all the students, oh, okay. which is like oh, yeah. legitimately terrifying when you're a child and watching that episode, <laughs> especially when like Millhouse falls into the blender and you just see like the bullet sport and it's like that's like the scariest thing I've ever seen on The Simpsons. That's not true. The scariest thing I've ever seen on The Simpsons is the eagle crushed the crown doll, clown doll. That yes. one, that oh, one legit yeah, terrified me for days. That was funny because the, the fix was simple. Yeah, the fix was simple, but when you're a child watching the episode, you're like, God, make it go away. Ah, <laughs> oh, why can't I just deal with a little Benjamin Button size baby? <laughs> By the way, if you don't know the plot of the Curious Case of the Benjamin Button, it's um basically he while he was getting younger, they were getting older. That's the plot of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo! I just like to recap that every time I can. You write a book about it. About how he was getting younger <laughs> while they were getting older. Okay, I have a question. Do we Great. <laughs> uh, New Earth, if you had to be in any horror movie, what horror movie would it be? Or if that's too specific, what genre? No, that's fine. Um, let's see, what horror movie would I be? Let me, I should narrow it down by genre. Let's see, so a Tyler Perry movie. Okay. <laughs> no, um, it'd probably be a 70s horror movie. I like that, that time period of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know you get some, killed first, right? Yeah, no, you know what? I'd say, I'd say like, if it was something like, uh, something like a Ty West throwback horror movies, like House of the Devil and The Innkeepers, like something in that vein where you're just... It's basically a big hangout movie that has a lot of funny things happen, and then oh, by the way, <laughs> there's uh, something ghostly, and you're gonna die. That's yeah. Because <laughs> at least I had a good conversation leading up to the end. <laughs> so yeah, Too there we shit. go. I think we've uh, sufficiently played. I think we've sufficiently got to know everybody because that's how you play know everybody. And we're gonna move on to another segment that I generally announce. But before I do that, I just want to point out I because I meant to do this earlier. I know I met a few uh, few people that listen to the show at a comic con this Woo! past week. And I know I've made uh, made some friends at Comic Con this past week, and I, you know, for people that are for people that are listening to the show, I just want to say thank you for listening to, and it's nice to meet you guys, or at least interact with you. I know, like Alan's brother Julian, for example, he's a listener of the show, and uh, just to specifically call out somebody, and also just new people that I've met and are you know listening to possibly this episode for the first time. Hey, welcome, gay! You're joining our madness and our Simpson tangents. So, uh, good <laughs> you guys, all right, all right, Abe, here it comes. Let's get down now, quickies. Jim. Each week out now, we talk about one main movie, but there's always plenty of movies that we see during the week, so we like to have a little segment where we can wrap up a little summary of all the movies that we saw and give our opinions on them in a segment we call out a quickie. Sure, Mike. Boom, fast. There, we did it. Crushed it. Crushed it, guys. Aaron Fink's head still spinning. Marcus Robbins like, what did I get into? Why don't I keep coming back on the show? Whoa. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's do this. Abe, have you seen any other movies or shows this week? Uh, I saw a little bit of Turbo. And uh, it's fun. I, I can see why some people don't like it, but it's it's uh, it's okay. Yeah, I saw that too. Oh god, it's so awful. 
It doesn't get better. <laughs> no, wow. It doesn't get better when I think it's about it. It's just fluffy. It's don't, fluffy. Don't make fun of family movies. Yeah, um, I mean. I, I can easily make fun of family movies. I can make fun of bad movies. I can do that easier. And Turbo's <laughs> one of those. Was the Snoop Dogg snail funny? I'm going to, I'm going to, yes, the Snoop Dogg snail. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's one, he's, so he, fast, it looks like he's going in slow motion. He's, he's one of the, uh, the many, um, ethnically diverse snails that Turbo joins up with because they say hip fly things like Snoop Dogg and his, we're going <laughs> to go to the eye, to the, to the snails. How do you know this? Are you snail? The eye to the nizzle to the dizzle to the why. <laughs> an ethnically diverse cast. A lot of pothead humor yeah. in Turbo. I'm going to put up an article that, uh, Scott Mendelson <laughs> put out on Twitter that, about someone taking down why Turbo is a horrible family movie, but uh, I'll do that in the show notes. <laughs> well, right. there. But yeah, nothing else. Just Turbo. Wait, so you didn't watch all of Turbo? No, I didn't. What, what stopped you from finishing Turbo? I had to go and do some stuff. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, I watched the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> what else have you seen, Aaron? Uh, well, no, no, no. I, I saw that. Uh, actually, um, a week... A little more than a week ago, I went to an amazing Ninja Turtles 1 and 2 screening nice. at the oh, Senespia yeah. Theater on Fairfax. It was absolutely incredible. I don't think I've ever had that much fun watching those movies. It was wonderful. Um, but in addition to that, those are obvious classics. Uh, I saw Red 2, I saw R.I.P.D., and uh, I saw Europa Report. Um Red 2 was okay. Uh, New Earth and I saw it together. We'll talk a little bit more about Red 2 in a second. Yeah. Uh, RIPD was absolute crap. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I kind of so knew what was, I was getting so myself into, but it, wow. It wasn't just... different than Men in Black 3? No, it was, it was like <laughs> Men in Black meets Ghostbusters, and it just, uh, it just didn't work. For about 20 minutes, because I knew it was a Dark Horse comics movie, I thought, okay, maybe, you know, all right, I'll, I'll let it go, I'll let it go, I'll let this slide. And, and then about 25, 30 minutes in, I was like, nope, nope, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> and, and I was out for the next hour and a half. Wow. You're saying, uh, which Jeff, is the whole movie. Jeff Bridges, Jeff yeah. Bridges impression wasn't working for you? No, it was, <laughs> dude, it sounded like they did something to his voice too to make him sound even deeper, more, even like more true grit. Even more roostery Cogburny, you know? I don't know. It was weird. Uh, I wasn't a big fan. But uh, Europa Report is awesome. You know, it's low-budget sci-fi, pretty cool. All basically takes place in a spaceship um, going to a moon of Jupiter looking for life. And it's it's awesome. Who's in that movie? Uh, Michael Nyquist, Charlton Copley, uh, a couple other people who I can't remember at the moment. No, nobody huge, but it's a really nice, you know, small ensemble cast. Um, it's not really about the individual performances, but everybody's really convincing and it's like you're, you get all these different human experiences of what it would be like to be in space from each of the different characters. It's, it's pretty cool. I like it a lot. Yeah, I just wanted to hear you say Charles Copley because I like that guy. I like him. Yeah. Who doesn't? There's no other yeah. answer to that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and uh, tomorrow and Tuesday are going to be fun for me. I'm seeing Lovelace. I'm seeing In a World. I'm seeing Blue Jasmine and Wolverine. Ooh. Wow. Wow. I'm seeing Wolverine on Tuesday as well. well nice. Well, I'll see you there. Yeah. Not if I see you first. <laughs> Boom. Keep that going. Keep that going. <laughs> no, it's too late. Marcus, what have you seen? Okay. Um, well, I saw I saw Only God Forgives. I don't know if you guys talked about this already. We have oh, not man, talked about not. this. No, we might have talked in a future bonus episode, though. But go on. What did you think of Only God Okay, well, I'll just give you, like, really quick, quick what I thought. It, just, it wasn't is that, that no quickies? It yeah. wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. 
it was a lot of slow motion stuff where Ryan Gosling walks slowly towards the light and turns off the light and then turns on the light and then walks slowly <laughs> and looks at somebody and then they look back and then he looks at somebody and then they look back and then and then he looks <laughs> at somebody again. And it's a lot of that. It's, Dude, you're so right. No, you're so right. But you got to admit, the cinematography is amazing. The cin- yes, the cinematography is great, but I'd rather go to uh, an art gallery. So two sure. things. Is it a it spin-off no from The Master? Is that is that because he's just walking to a window and then walking to a wall again? Is that- <laughs> no, <it's> like, <laughs> Dude, the script is debilitatingly bad. Yeah, it's it's Uh-oh. bad. It's, 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 it's just the way that the, the, the entire atmosphere is crippled by I, – I, I, I don't know where they were going for this. I I have a feeling that if everybody would have been moving at normal speed, it would have been thirty minutes long. <laughs> That's definitely That's, plausible. And yeah. you're both yeah. you're you're both big fans of Dry, right? Yeah, yeah. no, I loved it. Yeah. It was my favorite movie of 2011. Mm. Yeah, mine too. I don't I don't I, I really don't know what happened here. I, I th- there's some kind of the story. If I were to tell you the story, the story is pretty decent. You know, it, it, but then when it when all these plot twists come about and this and that and the other thing, I, I just didn't care. Uh, uh, Kristen Scott Thomas is terrible. She's playing this terrible character. Oh, I don't man. know. I, she was I don't my want favorite to, part of the movie. <laughs> uh, I, I, whenever she talked, I was just like, oh, please just leave. Like, I just move on with the story. I'd rather see somebody get their eyes gouged out again or something. <laughs> I don't agree with that. I think that if there was just, any point in time where we learned something about the story, it was through her. Because otherwise, yeah. nobody else was saying a word. She was Ryan the worst. Gosling said like character. ten lines. She was the worst written character. But that's what Ryan Gosling does, I guess. You know, when I when I describe it as Ryan Gosling looks at somebody and they look back, they're going to be like, oh well, that's every Ryan Gosling movie. But this is like that ten times tenfold. It, yeah, well, it's... he's he's digging himself in a hole with roles like this. I mean, he he's a good actor. He shouldn't just be staring at people blankly for a minute and a half. Hey, girl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, girl. This is. <laughs> I yeah. I I, just didn't, I really didn't like it. I I it had it had some good kind of dream sequences. Like this, the, there was this yeah these really good sequences in it where you felt that everybody was going to collide at some point that I thought really worked really well, but the rest of it was kind of just going nowhere fast. And there would be some violent scenes and then there'd be some scenes of, you know, Ryan Gosling at a whorehouse and, you know, nothing was happening. Yeah. It was just incoherent. Incoherent is all heck. Yeah. We'll certainly get back to that. Yeah. And yeah. And I saw uh the way way back, which all I'll say is I thought it was um super overrated. Whoa. And, I know Agreed. and that's why I, that's all I'm gonna say because I know nobody's gonna agree with me. This is gonna turn into I haven't seen it, so I'm an filed all over again. This I agree is, with you. I mean it's good. It's just not the best film of the year. I think it's all that I wouldn't great. say it's the best it's film of the year, but I certainly enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. I think it was just I could tell what was gonna happen the entire time, and you know he's misunderstood, and oh he's gonna meet a quirky. I've seen this movie ten million times, and it was okay. It just didn't do anything for me. I like it's super forgettable. Ooh, ooh, Marcus. And I didn't hate it. It just was kind of there. Like I would kind of Marcus. <laughs> You're making Mark Hoban cry right now. With his <laughs> With his, with his with his four and a half star review that he gave. <laughs> yes, I read his review, 
and I didn't, I, I really, I was lost. I didn't, didn't understand. But, uh, you know, it, I guess. Maybe you just need to spend a summer in a, in a water park. And, I, went, and I went, I went, and <laughs> the crowd was mostly, you know, elderly, and they were having a great old time. And I just, maybe I, w- I was missing something. Maybe, I don't know, you know, all, oh, the over 40 crowd problems. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't understand what, what I didn't like about this movie. I just, I, I don't just, either. I mean, we're the same age. We're both half black and I loved it. So I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Explain what am I missing? Because I don't know. It's just, it's nice. It, it, it It's kind of cool that we just don't relate to any of the adults at all for on purpose, you know, and it's really just all about the kids except for Sam Rockwell and like, but didn't you think it was just super? Everything but Sam Rockwell was super vanilla. Like I could tell you, because oh, right. Alice and Jan is so much of a fun in that movie. Yeah, I don't know. I, it kind of was. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. It, they all kind of were the same. But it was they, it was interesting all, to see it play out. I think they fit. Everybody in that movie fit some kind of mold, and you can tell what was going to happen, when was going to, when it was going to happen. And you know, Steve Carell has a tan, so he's kind of a jerk. And. This, <laughs> <laughs> You know, you knew there was going to be some kind of confrontation, and yeah. you know, I don't want to spoil it for everybody. But if you watch ten minutes of this movie, you're, you you know exactly what's going to happen. And it just and that just doesn't make a fun movie for me, honestly. I mean, I see lots of movies every week, and I know where they're going. That is just the journey is better than others. And so, uh, Sam Rockwell was great. Everything else was vanilla. <laughs> okay. I hear crickets. Yeah. So no, that, there, there actually literally are crickets so, in my room. So he's, making, he's making legitimate points. I mean, I agree. I agree with both New Earth and you, Marcus. I mean, there's good things and there's bad things. It, I think that it, yes, it, it's not something we haven't seen before. But I also agree with Aaron. It's like you know, as long as you enjoy the ride, it's a good movie overall. And if you didn't enjoy the ride, you didn't enjoy the ride. We'll just have to wait for Abe to walk into the movie halfway through, stay for 20 minutes, walk out, and tell us what he thought of it, and then we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Full price. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, geez, I saw things too, <laughs> so we're gonna keep this segment going. Uh, I saw I saw Edgar Wright's new movie, The World's End, but I'll talk about that at some other time. Uh, oh my god. Um, I I did see Red. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. That'll be that'll be some other time in August when it comes out. Um, Red Two, I saw, and that movie is awful. I yeah. like, and I think I, I've been I was generous to it and the initial starring, but I'd probably lower it down if I had to think about it more, because Red 2 is just a really lazy sequel that does nothing, and the, the epitome of this is watching, once again, Bruce Willis, who's just not trying. It just, like... Ah, uh, but you didn't see R.I.P.D., and let me tell you, I thought... <laughs> I, I, I said to you when we left Red 2, R.I.P.D. is gonna have to be real bad to be worse than this movie, and it was. <laughs> it's... Red Two. It is not. <laughs> it is not a good movie. It, huh. it it looks and it's like it's like more. It's way more expensive than the first one, and it looks really cheap. That was another thing that oh. really was disconcerting. Who was, who was like clamoring clamoring for the sequel? I don't. Those the uh-huh. the, the John Malkovich fangirls that hang out at Comic Con. That doesn't happen. That's oh, not wow. me. The seventy up. crowd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. God. It's just. Uh, it's you can see why it's just like being dumped in this week this weekend that had like four different movies coming out all in during Comic Con. It's just uh, it's just not a good movie. Uh, <laughs> I could maybe talk about it more later on in our out and out night segment if we do it, but you know let's, I'll just leave, I'll just leave it at you know that for now. And yeah, that's out now, cookies.
Tim? Let's move on to trailer talk. Each week we discuss some of the newest movie trailers and what we thought of them. And the first one we have is a film directed by James Wan. He's got, he's got two what? coming up this year. It is called Insidious Chapter 2. It is, I assume, the sequel to Insidious. Uh, <laughs> Chapter 1. <laughs> it, it, it stars Patrick. Yeah. Is it the sequel? It might be. I, I haven't I haven't gotten that confirmation yet, but it's it, you know it it has a lot of the same characters and you know premise and what have you. So it, it probably it probably has something to do with the first Insidious. It stars Patrick Wilson, Rose Byrne, and most of the cast from the first Insidious. And um, yeah, it looks like the the scarenings are not done yet in the house of that family <laughs> because things are things are just getting started. I guess the Lamberts are once again. Dealing with some crazy stuff in their house, tiptoeing by the tulips and what have you. So, Abe, what did you think of the trailer for Insidious Chapter 2? The trailer looks pretty good. I, I think it looks pretty spooky. It kind of picks up where you hope that it would pick up. Um, hopefully when you have the revelation of what happens at the end of Insidious, the first one, you're, you're kind of wondering, what happens now? I hope that they don't drop off from that timeline. Um, again, they kind of delve into like some supernatural spirit worlds. And I also thought that was a really neat concept. Um, especially when, you know, you have people who astral project or basically just, you know, have these very lucid dreams and, and that could almost happen to anybody. But there's a, there's some spooky moments and just like in the first one with like the whistling family and what have you, everyone looks blue in the supernatural world. And there's like this old dude who says this really spooky line and I'll just, he's standing right in front of you and it's just like, wow, I, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm not going to go see this movie in theaters Skittles by myself. The <laughs> Skittles taste the rainbow. Skittles taste the rainbow. Exactly. And I was like, no, I love Milky Ways. Stop saying it. <laughs> Aaron Fink, what did you think of the trailer for Insidious Chapter 2? I agree with Abe. I mean, I'm not, a, like I said, I'm not a huge horror fan, but it looks scary. Uh, I didn't see the first Insidious, so I'm, what? you know, fresh eyes. I know. I mean, the Conjuring kind of made me want to go see Insidious, but also simultaneously maybe not want to see it <laughs> just because of how scared I was. But okay. uh, it, it looks good. It looks like fun. You know, I, I'm definitely creeped out by it. Um, if somebody forced me to go see it, I wouldn't say no. Hmm. Well, we'll get to my thoughts on Conjuring, but I'll just say see Insidious if you want to see a really solid horror movie. That is solid. I'd check that one out. Marcus, what are your thoughts on the trailer for Insidious Chapter 2? Okay, so I really enjoyed Insidious. I was like huge fan of Insidious. So as a part two, I can't help but think this is going to be a train wreck. I'm not. I'm hoping it's. Not, I'm hoping it's not going to be a train wreck because James Wan is turning out to be like the horror director, you know, of the last five or six years. You know, the horror director to watch, and you know, it does have you know the old lady and stuff. So I'll probably go see it. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a little more optimistic just because I admire James Wan's direction. I think he's come a long way since where he started, and I, as much as I like the idea of him tackling new things, much like he's pretty much done this whole time, including The Conjuring, which is very similar to Insidious, but you know, just we'll get to why. Um, going back to this movie, I I it I guess it just helps that I am a big fan of the first Insidious and the fact that James Wan and, Lee, and writer Lee Wannell. Um, they've they've teamed back up again and got mostly the same cast to make it a sequel as opposed to you know handing it off to another director like they do with the Saw series. I mean, it seems like they have enough love for the movies that they started out that they want to keep the story going. And now that they've established what the 
you know, the first Insidious, like, you, there's a lot of, like, the scariness is happening, and you, you don't know why until it gets later on, like, halfway through the movie, you figure out, like, what's kind of going on. And so this movie, I guess, opens up the door to exploring that, that, that reason more fully so they can play around in that world and what have you. So that, that intrigues me. It gives me, gives me something to, to see as, like, a fresh way to take the sequel. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like a good horror movie. Insidious scared me a lot. Which doesn't happen quite often, so I'll see Insidious Chapter Two. It looks looks solid to me. Cool. Um, Insidious Chapter Two open. I said that a lot. The whole title. Insidious Chapter Two opens Friday the thirteenth of September, and um, so you know, see see it then at midnight. This the spookiest the spookiest time of the year. I have a, I have a question. Is it, is there any reason that it's called Chapter Two? Um, I read this once actually because um, they wanted to do something that was slightly different. They didn't want to just call it Insidious Two, so they went with Insidious Chapter Two. It's no real. Yeah, it's not part of the the it's not part of the book novelization of the Insidious oh. series. Yeah, the, <laughs> the books are so good. I know, right? They always are. They're always better. Um, <laughs> let's get to our next trailer. This is for the film Seventh Son, and this is a film starring Jeff Bridges. It's an 18th century adventure story centering on young Thomas, who is apprenticed to the local spook played by Jeff Bridges to learn to fight evil spirits. His first great challenge comes when the powerful Mother Malkin, who I assume is played by Julianne Moore, escapes her confinement while the spook is away. This is a film directed by Sergei Badraoui, who um, directed the film Mongol, which is a film I really love. And I cannot say the same about this trailer, but let's get to you guys first. Marcus, what did you think for the trailer for Seventh Son? Um, so I saw this twice, and the first time, I, like halfway through, I pretty much zoned out. So the second time when I saw it, uh, after, like five minutes later, I forgot what what I had just seen. I have no interest in seeing this movie. It, it, it I don't understand what's going on. There's dragons, but I, and Jeff Bridges, with, he's talking like he does, and all I think is about is R.I.P.D. That that accent, and I just can't see it. I can't, I can't do that to myself. <laughs> so I'm no, I'm I'm not interested in seeing this movie. Aaron Fink, my interest is very very low at the moment. I <laughs> I too watched it right before I got on this conversation with you, and I don't remember what the heck I just saw. Uh, <laughs> I you know I if if it I, I don't know anything about it. I don't know what it's based off of. I think there's books. Um, yes, there are. Yeah, but uh, I just. I don't know. We'll see. If I see another trailer and it makes a little more sense, maybe I'll see it. But I'm, I'm certainly not running out or thinking about running out at this particular moment. Ape. Yeah, interest levels aren't that high either. But again, it could be fun. Uh, I've. It kind of reminds me of like Sorcerer's Apprentice, and people said that that was kind of fun. I didn't see it, but. It um, reminds. Oh, sorry. Let's pause here. <laughs> <what>? <laughs> The, the trailer for the seventh he's got to learn set, the set ways the of the sorcerer <laughs> the trailer for the seventh son a movie that takes place in, like on. medieval times or whatever reminds you of some nick cage movie set in the present that you haven't seen that's the movie that you exactly <laughs> some kid that he picks go up, on some kid that he picks up off the street he's like you're gonna be a sorcerer's apprentice he's like okay teach me the way so i can fight these evil dudes <laughs> boom same plot um, but certainly, I, I always thought that it was funny when he's like, you're the seventh son of the seventh son. I was like, wow, they must have, what if he only had, like, two sons? And just, that, that doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me at all. They basically, make any wanted, sense to, that, they basically wanted you to say, oh my god, they said the title of the movie. Ah, it's so good. 
You had to say it in the Jeff Bridges accent. I can't do that. <laughs> I am not a master of Jeff Bridges. No one knows what that accent is. I think <laughs> the only person that knows what that accent is is Benicio Del Toro's character in The Usual Suspects. Like, oh my God. Like... <laughs> but yeah, on the whole, it, it, it looks uh, like it might be for, you know, I don't know, some some mild fun, but it doesn't overall look too appealing. Uh, I'll clear some things up just for people that really care about it. So people don't like send us emails saying that we didn't know what the source material was. The Seventh Son is an upcoming fantasy film based on the first installment of Joseph Delaney's children's dark fantasy novel series, The Wardstone Chronicles, known in the U.S. as The Last Apprentice, titled The Spook's Apprentice, making it like like very like vaguely racist, I guess. Uh-huh. But um, anyway, what? That's the. Uh... <laughs> No, wow, I'm definitely seeing it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I will say about this trailer, um, I mean, it looks pretty generic. I, I'm glad that they, I guess, spent the money on it. It's a legendary production, and I tend to, you know, I like Warner Brothers' legendary productions, tend to anyway, or at least, you know, give, try to give them a chance. Um, I will say that I did see a panel for this at Comic-Con that I'll get into later on, but let's just say that the panel there did not exactly inspire any more confidence than this two-minute trailer did for me here. I don't know what Jeff Bridges is up to lately, but he seems content with not being able to be understood easily in the films, um, even in his Oscar-winning performance. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it just looks like, yeah, here is a bunch of special effects and stuff, and there's trolls and Prince Caspian's here and all these kinds of things. So, <laughs> I am Prince Caspian. Cameo by Nick Cage. What, what? Cameo by Nick Cage. Yeah, from, uh, from the... Um, <laughs> What's that? So lucky. What's that witch movie he was in? Season was it Season, season or, of the Witch? Was it called Season of the Witch? Season of the Witch? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, the, the Seventh Son arrives in theaters January seventeenth. That was the reason I was also like, it's like, oh, this January, here we go, it's coming, guys. Hey. A movie that we were all excited to see. Okay, I think we spent plenty of time not talking about the Conjuring. So you know what we should do? We should talk about talk the about the Conjuring. There we go. <laughs> And this is where we play some of the trailer for The Conjuring. Whatever Lorraine sees, feels, touches, it takes a toll on her. A little piece each time. You have a lot of spirits in here. But there's one that I'm most worried about because it is so hateful. That's not going to help. This thing has latched itself to your family. Probably never seen nothing like this. I'm coming with you. No way. I can't lose you. There's a lady in a dirty nightgown that I see in my dreams. She's standing in front of my mom's bed. All right, so that should have been some of the trailer for The Conjuring. The Conjuring is a new horror film by director James Wan, famous for his debut film Saw, only to make other movies, including the popular in- and inexpensive horror film Insidious from a couple years ago, which has a sequel coming out that we just discussed, due out this fall. With The Conjuring, Wan continues to delve into his love for 70s horror, which relies on a lot of mood and atmosphere, even as he applies his own visual style to the proceedings. The film is based on true events surrounding the attempts by paranormal invest- investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren, played by Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, who are tasked with learning why a family living in an old house is going through some really creepy shenanigans. Marcus Robinson, the MPAA allegedly slapped this film with an R rating because it was just too damn scary to be PG-13. Would you agree with that sentiment? Uh, no. It's scary. You know, it, there's scares in it, and the, the, the final 30 minutes is really really intense but you know it doesn't have any 
nudity or not even any cursing. Scariest thing of them all. Like, yeah, you know, I don't, you know, <laughs> whatever. There's no boobs or anything. So I, <laughs> it, not a rated R, but it was entertaining. I was entertained. And, you know, it, it did have the cliches and everything like that. And I know whatever he's going to say, it has, it has all these cliches and we've seen this before and whatever. But Juan's direction, and I know I said this before, like five minutes ago, but Juan is the horror director to watch right now, and he, what he does with this material is suspenseful, is super entertaining, and super effective. Um, I'm not gonna say that I was terrified of this movie, but there are some legitimate scares that will scare people. There's more than some, there's a lot of legitimate scares that will scare people. Enough for people to say that this may be the scariest movie since Insidious. I would put Sinister in there as well, but uh, I would say something to that effect. It was very well done. Speaking of easily scared, Aaron Fink, what did you think of The Conjuring? Uh, I, I kind of disagree with everything that Marcus said. I, I'm not a huge horror person. I see a couple every once in a while. So for me, I, I really liked everything about it. I think that there was a lot of stuff to talk about. The script had a lot of ideas. There are a lot of cliches, like you said, Marcus, doors slamming, dark corners with shadows and things popping out, but it all still works. And it, it ends up being a lot of fun because of the whole framing of the story. And it, it's really interesting that we get to deal or, or be set up with both families, not only the family that's being terrorized, but the Warrens and also become sympathetic towards them and all of the crazy things that they have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. And I think all the all the acting's great too. I mean, uh, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga do a great job. All the little kids, all the girls, do an incredible job. I, I can't believe how many movies Joey King has been in in the last few years. She's like 13 years old. She's tearing it up. Um, I, I mean, she's that's how great. her brother explains it to her. You're, you're tearing it up, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you got Lily Taylor too coming back. You know, after being in the Haunting remake. She gets a, a really nice role, and she gets to do a lot of different things in this role. She gets to be a loving mother. She gets to be, you know, a frightened mother, and then she gets to be something else that's really scary that I won't divulge. Um, but it's just, it's nice. It's nice that there wasn't a lot of gore. You know, I, I don't think it deserves an R rating because the the gore is very very minimal. The scariest stuff all really comes from setups and payoffs. You know, like the piano moment or the clapping moment or whatever, all those things, you know, are set up in the beginning of the film. And sometimes you think, Oh yeah, this is going to be a scare later, but sometimes you don't see it coming. And then that makes it all the more scarier. And it was just fun. I had a great time. The house was really cool. I mean, the, the, the design of it, you know, it was designed by this guy, uh, Jeffrey Grimsman, super cool. I mean, all these weird corners and the basements and the long hallways, it was, it was just a great film overall, not just a great horror film. Wait, did, wait, you, did you say that you disagreed with everything I said? No, I agreed. Okay, good. I thought I heard Abe, what did you think of The Conjuring? I think it's a fun movie. I think that uh, you're going to get your, some scares out of it. Um, I remember like the opening scene where you see the face of a, of a wooden doll. Even a woman was like, what the... And uh, it's just like it's just zooming out. Um, I think it's a pretty cool throwback to like the '70s style filmmaking, where like even the the credits that roll up, the the title 
card of the conjuring rolling up remind me of like stuff like um like uh uh what's that exorcist or something like that or or um what you might call it what's that one where the omen um omen that's what they call but certainly um it's i, I can see why uh, to your question aaron i don't think they deserve an r rating um i think that the only part that kind of makes it an r is just some of the quote-unquote blood at the end of the film, uh, toward the end of the film, and I think that's kind of the thing that probably pushed it over the top, um, mostly because it's just on a sheet and it's just on the screen for a majority of the time. Agreed. Um, but uh, rather than that, I mean, James Wan, he does really good work with like minimal setting, um, you know, like no no huge set designs or something like that. It's just very good stuff about a single family or you know a, a very singular topic. He doesn't really wander too too far off. One of the things I also liked about the film was that there's very there's very little or no music during scare sequences, um, and I thought that that was very interesting because you do hear music throughout the movie, but then whenever there's a scare sequence, it's just you and the screen, and that's it. Silence, and, yeah, silence yeah. is awesome. There's a, a very uh, spooky game that the the ghost learns up uh, in this game or in this movie. And that one was, uh, that was pretty clever the way that they did that particular scare, especially when the mother is in the basement, um, and you're expecting things. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of scares in here, but certainly it's, um, I think that it, it kind of has a stay grounded, particularly because it's based on true events. So they can't say like, oh, you know, he traveled to the supernatural astral plane or what have you. Um, it's kind of just based around, you know, uh, anecdotes from these folks who, were there with the Warrens, and maybe, you know, some things were here and there uh, embellished, but for the most part, they can't really say, you know, oh, yeah, and then, like, a spirit uh, came up from the lake, and it had seven tails or whatever. Um, it's it's kind of, like, stuck to those anecdotes, and it kind of has to play along with that. Um, one thing I thought about it was that it's uh, it's fairly plain, um, but again, it's just, it's not a bad thing. It's just that it just has to be that way, because... I don't think that they wanted to take anything out of context. Um, and I will say that the opening, like, little uh, snippet or the opening, like, you know, first three minutes, kind of spooky, um, especially uh, considering the, uh, like, what happens with uh, this particular character uh, or, I guess, this inanimate object. So, on the whole, it's a fun movie. I, I certainly do see why, you know, people might not like this as much as maybe Insidious um, or uh, maybe didn't find it as intriguing as... Uh, What's the uh, the other one with uh, Robert Cargill that wrote it? Sinister. Uh, Sinister. But sure. it's a fun movie. I think that it certainly is uh, something that you can go see with an audience and and have a good have a good time. Uh, but just remember that most of the events are true, and so just don't go home and and uh, think that you're uh, free. Uh, to its credit, <laughs> The Conjuring does have a higher rating uh, than uh, than Insidious, um, and we'll get to its box office later on, but. Uh, I'll say that I like this movie, but I am going to be the most negative, I think, about it. Um, I, And it's probably because I I respect James Wan enough as a director where I feel like I wanted more. Now, I say that in saying that the movie's incredibly well made. I think James Wan has this love for, like, for like, as they pointed out, 70s horror, and it seems very apparent in this movie. But he's not, like, trying to make it echo a 70s horror movie in terms of his visual style. He's doing his own thing, which I think works really well. Like, I mean, I've seen the attempts to, you know, let's make it all gritty and, 
use 16 millimeter film and what have you and make it look like a really just neat 70s horror film. But this one doesn't. This one is very happy with using digital cameras and just having the camera go crazy with going way upside down and doing crazy camera angles and things like that to give it its own style. It has, it has its own identity, and the movie has a lot of personality in that manner. You get a good idea of what's going on. The geography of the house is set up, which is always something that's very nice in a movie about a haunted house, so you know what, where the hell things are happening. And you have a great cast here. I love Patrick Wilson Vera Farm- and Vera Farmiga together. They, they make a great team. And Lily Taylor, I always like seeing in movies, although it depresses me that she's generally playing someone that's either emotionally damaged or physically damaged in a movie. And that's, Agreed. Always, <laughs> that's what I think I always see her playing. And she's good at that. And Ron Livingston, I love Ron Livingston, so I was happy to see him in a movie again. <laughs> so I, I feel like I've seen him in a while. And yeah, you got the kids and everything. Like, there's a lot of great setup here, and there's a lot of there's a lot of good scares in this movie. There's a lot of jump scares, but the way Juan handles them are all well earned. Like, it, you never, I never feel like I'm being taken out of a movie because it just wants to jump out at me and scare me. It feels like we've gotten to that point because he let the film naturally play out that way, and those are things that I admire. With all that said, I don't think the movie's very scary, and I don't know if I can chalk that up to the fact that everyone wanted to tell me that it was very scary, and by everyone, I mean the producers of this film who were saying that it was rated R because it was too scary, but I can't say that like all these bumps and knocks in the night and the clap-clap and all that stuff was doing it for me. Maybe it's because the marketing showed me the best scary scene in the movie, which is that whole Lily Taylor sequence. Or maybe it's just because I had my expectations too high, but I can't say that I walked away from this movie, went to sleep that night, and think and thought, "Geez, I should keep a light on" or something. I didn't feel that way, and I can say I I have felt that way for other movies in the past, like The First Insidious, for example, or or a couple of the Paranormal Activity movies. Those movies work for me for whatever reason. I think the trailer really did ruin it. I mean, I didn't watch any of them, Mm -hmm. so I didn't know any of it, and it was really scary to me. But every person I know that saw any of the trailers at all said it wasn't as scary as they wanted it to be because the trailer had ruined stuff. Because I think well, that's, they, they, it's that they sick. give away that big, uh, clap, clap. big game. Yeah, they give away the, yeah. the biggest scares in the in the movie. Because it's the most it's the most drawn out scare sequence of the film, and it mm-hmm. really lets you know exactly what those beats are. Now, again. I did like this movie quite a bit. Regardless yeah. of how scared I was, I do think it's a horror movie worth seeing in theaters. I, I think people should go see this because they're probably, they're probably going to enjoy it. And once again, we'll get to how well it did this weekend and people's reactions to it. But I mean, it for I mean, you're in the middle of the summer. We have nothing but action movies and comedies and family animated films and what have you. I mean, it's nice to have a horror movie every now and then. It's also nice to have a horror movie that's you know a good movie as well. I do, I do think that. It's a credit to James Wan's ability to, you know, tell a story and the actors in this film. The the characters, the Warrens, um, <clears throat> they're they're kind of thin. But I think because Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are such talented actors, you get a lot out of them. Patrick Wilson's only role in this movie is to basically um, act very confident and say, I can't let you come with me, honey. I don't want anything bad to happen to you. But Patrick Wilson sells those lines really well, so I'm really on board with him. Lily Taylor, similarly, like she's just she has to play a couple beats, but she gets a chance to really expand on that later on in the film once it gets to its crazier third act that happens. There's mm-hmm. there's a lot of good there's a lot of good stuff here, and that's kind of where I'm that's where I come down on it. Basically, it it, it works with what it has and it it does what it's doing. Really, and I like that it's a period film, by the way. Also, I like that it's a oh, yeah. set in the seventies. It, it has a it gives just a little bit more stuff. It does. Here. It does maintain that '70s feel throughout. It does kind of doesn't. Like I've seen other, other you know, just movies that will introduce the '70s thing and just kind of abandon it halfway through. And this does. You feel like I. 
you know, it feels like a a a, a period movie. So, yeah. if anything and, else. And there's a couple things that I want to add. I should have attached my original um, thoughts, but one of them was that, uh, yeah, there are certain character, um, you know, I guess actions that don't make sense. Um, but there, I, I think that for the most part, the family kind of, uh, James Wan and whoever wrote the film, they kind of grounded everybody in a, in a sense of, okay, well, they have to write, ask the right questions, they have to do the right things. One of the parts that don't make sense is a woman is folding her clothes at 3 a.m. in the morning, um, and then decides, hey, I think that my children are playing a game, I should go tell them that it's bedtime. It's 3 a.m., why are you folding clothes? The other, but beyond that, there's, you know, the family asks the right questions to the warrants. Hey, can we just move? And the warrants say no. And then uh, they also, there's also a scene in which uh, they're like, you know what? It's been so scary and it's been so disastrous that we're just sleeping in the same room. And that's something that you would come to expect from some more or less, you know, realistic, more realistic uh, encounters, I would I would suspect, um, rather than, oh, hey, it's okay. Everyone just go sleep in your own rooms again and... You know, 30 days later, we'll, we'll contact a medium or what have you. I'll lay some facts down for you. Chad Hayes and Carrie Hayes are the screenwriters for this film. And just to connect that to something, Chad Hayes and Harry and Carrie Hayes wrote House the House of Wax. They wrote the they House wrote of Wax. White they also out. wrote Whiteout. Whiteout. Well, yes. Whiteout was written by them and also written by the guys that wrote Red and Red 2, which came out. <laughs> just just little, caught Atlas little, that. Little, little, I can call Atlas that even more. The uh, Red, the first Red was directed by Robert Schwenke, who directed R.I.P.D., also came out this weekend. Oh, but, my gosh. Um, See, the, script, the script here isn't all that – the script here isn't all that great. Like, I would agree. It's yeah. what Juan does with it. He, he pulls the yes, script out of the gutter. Well, I mean, it's still, like mediocre – and he makes it this visual suspenseful thing, you know, that, you know, it has you leaning forward in your seat. So it's if go to see this movie just for him, just for his direction alone, it's worth it. You know, the storyline is what it is. Yeah, the storyline isn't all that to, great. To entertain. Yeah, the storyline is, 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 is okay. It's the sequences which sell it. It's the atmosphere which sell it. It's the sequences mm-hmm. leading up to stuff that you know what's going to happen, but – you're not quite sure when it's going to happen. That's what sells it, and that's why he's such a great director. Yeah, I agree with that. I do think the script, the script isn't the the best aspect of this film, and it. What I what almost annoyed me is that there's all there's there's like enough material for two movies here. Like you have yeah. the Warren movie, and you could have easily watched that movie where it's like I don't know, it's got an X Files movie where the Warrens just go around solving <laughs> solving crimes, solving crimes, and. Um, <laughs> And to be, and also, and for people that don't know this, the Warrens were also, um, they were involved with the, uh, the Amityville horror. It's based on something that they had to deal with as well for, you know, more 70s horror connections. Um, Amity horror, of course, based on true story as well, which involved the Warrens, which I brought it up. But you have them, and then you have the, um, you know, the family with, Ron, with the, the parents, the parent family with Ron Livingston and Lily Taylor as the husband and wife with the, uh, the five children. And, I mean, there's enough material for the movie there, too, but you've, like, combined them, and, I mean, that's, a neat way to take it, and I and I mean with the Warren stuff, I like seeing the Warren. You you get a little bit of like how they kind of work, how they you see one see you see you see them you see proof that they are proof in this. The, the film is very happy to have you believe that in, that supernatural stuff exists. Like it just you just have to accept accept that in this film, and it's happy to show you that. But it's also happy to show you that the Warrens don't always find like ghostly stuff. You have one scene where they're just literally finding pipes that are making noises, and that's right. like in rational the, rational. Explanation. Yeah, and that's something they explain in the movie as well. They explain that most of the things they encounter are solved by rational explanation. So it's not yeah. like it's not like there's ghosts everywhere. 
as well, that, that's that's a good that's a, that's another good reason why this film works is because the focus isn't even all, like a regular horror film would be the focus would be totally on the victims like it's just all victims all the time yeah and this it's one split. it's half and half it's split and so i i did enjoy the scenes with the warrens i did it, it as poorly as they were written i did enjoy seeing them you know teach the class i did enjoy that stuff like it was kind of interesting well, and you know, Lorraine Even, Warren actually consulted on the film as well, so they yeah. actually had her perspective on things, as which well is as some good. of the um, the Perone daughters, I believe, two of the daughters. See, and that's that's just interesting. That's just interesting. And I think if this was just all about the victims, he, Juan would have made it work. But you know, the fact that it is two stories and both of them are interesting, but one of them is something that we kind of haven't seen all that, you know, all that much. It it, it kind of made me more invested in the story than than I was if this was just a regular haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. I'll say there, there's there's some things with Vera Farmiga's character that kind of bug me, mainly because I like Vera Farmiga quite a bit and I think she's really good in this film. But they established that her character, like she's she's like she's like the one that's like like she's tapped into the supernatural world. She gets she can see ghosts. She's Haley Joel Osment. She yeah. <laughs> she she can. Yes. She could channel things and like it's, it's, but it's also so that she like, because of this, it takes a lot out of her in doing that. And that never really goes anywhere. I don't think it kind of, it sets this up just so Patrick Wilson can like scream like, no, you can't come with me. But she does. And like, I think ever really, I don't think that that really never gets like followed up on in any way. It just, and she just continues to see ghosts. And that, that was thing that was like, well, why is this even in here? And that I'm pointing this out because the movie, it's it's like a kitchen sink horror movie. It throws yeah. almost every kind of horror trope in True. there and yes. how it's trying to scare you and everything. And it has like exorcisms, it has ghosts, it has bumps in the night, it has random other other kind of I don't want to spoil things. It has a lot of other supernatural elements going on here and even like backstories about why things are happening and it's trying to do a whole lot. And I just don't think all of it stacks up. I mean the Abigail thing with the the, the creepy doll. Yeah, that, that thing's that thing. That, there's, that kind of came out of nowhere. Huh? It does in, come out of nowhere. Like the second it, it, part of the film, it's certainly set up, but like it, there's, there's. It could have been another movie. It could have been another movie. It, I think that was great. I love that. That scared the crap out of me. I mean, it didn't really go. In, it didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, it was a setup and a payoff, though. It's it's a setup and a payoff, yes, but it's like a weird disconnected scene because it's like going yeah. after another character in this film who doesn't really need to be involved. It's, just, yeah. it's, when, it's, trying, to, when, it's, trying, to, it's that, trying to set up personal stakes for no apparent right. reason. Just That's true. When that scene, time. when that scene came up uh, near the, you know, in the final act, mm-hmm. I was kind of confused. I was like, who are we? What, what house are we in? And then it kind of took me like a minute or two to go, Oh, well, okay. They're going, you know, back here and it's, you know, they're not just at the house and they're not just with the family. I kind of forgot about, the little girl and and you know whatever happens with that little girl. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, but certainly I do agree with you that it it's kind of like a weird setup and payoff. I mean, it it, it does affect you in, in terms of like uh, creepy factor and creepy scale. Uh, but again, I don't know. They're they're wholly separate stories, and unless there was something else that I missed, it seems as though it kind of just meshed because hey, we introduced this in the beginning, and this is how it plays up because yeah. uh, just just for the heck of it, you know. Um, Aaron Fink, to your credit, I, I do agree with you about the setup. Uh, I'm sorry, of the of the house design, it's it's incredible. It's like a you don't really get a sense of like who they live nearby, but you just mm-hmm. get a sense that it's in the country. And then there's this massive lake in the back, um, which they don't really use too much, but it's just really well set up. And again, 
you know, Aaron, both Aaron's, you guys have set up that you really know the design of the house. I can literally tell you the design of the house right now. If you enter the house, to the left, there's, like, family room. Upstairs, there's, like, five bedrooms. To the right, there's a, a family or a den. And then you have a long hallway that leads out to the back. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just very simple. But since I know all of that, it, it kind of puts everything into perspective of where all these people are. And it does kind of add an, add or uh, add some extra creepiness to the movie. That's an, that's another trope right there, which you almost expect like some like old general store patient to go out and just be like, oh, well, the old house over there was a real steal for that family, they see. <laughs> ever since the old Not family, down that road. Not uh, history down that road. Ever, ever since the other family so mysteriously disappeared <laughs> in the night, uh, the people just haven't been able to sell that house. But then you guys came, and here it is. But, um, yeah, Abe, to, to your point, yes, exa- I, and uh, we, well, we've all said yes, the geography is really well, and it's, it establishes that, like, awesomely. You're, like, it has this great long tracking shot when you're, like, going from outside oh, yeah. the house into the house, and the camera just stays on, and it just keeps shifting to each different character as it goes oh, yeah. throughout the house and really sets up, like, where everything is. And it, right. it just works. It works. Because, and that's another kind of setup payoff, because you get to the Lily Taylor scene where she's walking throughout the house, and there's the, the clapping going on, and it's, yeah, it's... There's so much good filmmaking in this movie that it, it does yeah. out it does outshine the issues I have with it. I would say I guess if I had to go into if I had to explain to myself why that scene why the the scene that we're referring to that's kind of disconnected happens it's because this movie's based on a true story so maybe there was things going on like that sure. that occurred. I mean that's yeah there right. was a real there was a real Annabelle doll but it was actually uh, it was a raggedy was like a yeah 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 raggedy. Right I read that I read that story in the Examiner. <laughs> See what else? Of creepy girls, they actually keep all of those artifacts in there. Oh yeah, like, that was a real yeah. thing too, which is insane. That's the kind of thing that's too crazy to be made up. <laughs> you Pat, know, Pat, Patrick Wilson's character in this film, like he, in there in the house that he lives in, there's a there's an entire room that contains all the various trinkets and horror yeah. things that like he's collected over the years from all his various people that he's investigated. That all no moon pies though. That yeah, not yet. Not that we saw. In, uh, in Conjuring 2, still Conjuring. The, um, still have it in there. But... It's, it's like a haunted Twinkie. Yeah. It's a haunted Twinkie. Yeah. yeah. Here's a question I, for all of you. Yeah. Was there any one particular character that you guys may have thought was a little bit over the top, over like, uh, like, oh, well, this is clearly written just to, uh. Is it because you hate Asians, yeah. Is that why you're putting this up? Well, no, I mean, like, there's like, no, oh, no, no, no. Because wow. I was thinking, like, because uh, there's like the skeptical sheriff, and I was like, I wonder. Yeah, that was going to be my pick. I, I don't oh, yeah, the, know. Yeah, I forgot about the sheriff. Yeah, the sheriff. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, like, what his role was. Besides, like, you know, seeing one of the uh, one of the spirits that haunts the house, um, I don't really know, like, what else, like, he would have done. And he kind of just, you know, he's kind of there almost for comedy relief because there's, like, two funny lines with him. Um, yeah. But, I, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys thought the same thing or if there was, like, yeah. someone else. Um, but were, I do get it. The, uh, the little, the smallest girl. Like she had no purpose other than to go oh. blah 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 blah, and then you open the door and she's yeah. not talking. She's talking to somebody, but she didn't. That was her only purpose, like to freak it. She was the weird girl. Like this is another one of the the cliches that is thrown in there. She's the freaky girl. Like all of her other sisters are kind of normal. Yeah. And she's like the weird like. Yeah, she's girl. the one who's she's like, like wind up this thing and look in the mirror yeah. and talk to my friend Rory. Yeah. Can we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can we play the clapping <laughs> game? Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Yeah, I, for, I totally forgot about her. Actually, yeah. I kept forgetting. I kept thinking there was like one like odd girl out too because I kept. There's like, I feel the like there's glasses. Was it her? Like there's one girl that just didn't seem to like get anything bad happen to her. You know? <laughs> it's like, are we, do we like just forget a girl? Is that what's going on? 
I think there was like two of them, yeah. But I, I, I know what you mean. I totally forgot about that too, Marcus. That's a good poll because uh, there's the the sleepwalking girl, which you uh, have a, a you know a huge role for, and then yeah, uh-huh. that that girl just uh, is there to help the mother yeah. uh, run into some spooky events uh, when everyone else goes off to school. So yeah, well, and she helps the rain figure out what's really going on too. Oh, the right. rain gets there. Oh, that's right. So she's not completely superfluous. I think I think the the cop was kind of silly just because the only thing he really did did was say i don't believe in this you know cockamamie ghost stuff and then he's like oh i got scared i like i like that the cop's a combination of hank hill and officer bar brady (laughs) (laughs) i do what i can take that late 90s mid 2000s animation (laughs) i like that i I did i like that i like the comedy relief in here. I mean, yeah. in the same that's way that good, I like, that's a good point. I bring the talk about that, Marcus. Yeah, in in the same way that I liked um, the comedy relief in Insidious. You have this, you know, dark movie, and it's getting darker and darker and darker, and then you have this like little bit of comic relief that kind of lightens the the mood before we get into the you know heavy you know climax of the of the movie. And it worked really well here. It was just a few lines on it. It was it wasn't even as big as. Insidious. I think it was just a, a little bit. It was between the, the the assistant and and the cop, and it was all, just them kind of going back and forth a little bit. And he's going to the bathroom, and this and that. And the end. it wasn't him, you know, this time and whatever. And it works. It works. It got a good laugh out of the crowd that I was at, and it works. It does. That's something I I completely forgot to mention. That is, uh, I I like that this movie has a sense of humor. This could have yeah. easily just been a very serious and dour horror film, but it's not. And James Wan is oh, that's another thing I really like about his films. They right. all have they, they have was like that, wasn't it? Yeah, it does. It does have a good level of humor in it. And uh, but this one, yeah, it has. It's it it knows the movie that it is, and it doesn't want you to just like thrive in darkness the whole time, despite the fact that there is like scary shit happening. Like it's it's letting you just enjoy the movie that you're watching. It's a very enjoyable horror movie to watch. That's why I think people do like this movie because there's it's it's a likable movie and it does, it's not one that makes you just feel depressed afterwards. It, it, mm-hmm. it's right. like, it's has that kind of ride feel to it. Yeah, yeah. The longest scenes in the film are, or were for me when I sort of started believing it less, like even though the, the final scene at the end was scary, that was when it got a little bit ridiculous. It just does. a little bit. Yeah. And for me, like I'll say that hey, there's, there's, among the different horror things that happen in this movie, exorcism is one of them. And exorcism horror never really kind of gets to me. It's not really a genre that that scares me that much. And that's that was another reason why I was I just want I this wasn't was, this was exorcism much. done well. Yeah, it was. It just it got I, a little I, I cheesy at moments. It does get cheesy, but I mean, it's just not. I mean, even in the the Exorcist, which I think is a great movie, it's just not. A, it's not a movie that scares me very much compared to other movies. Yeah. It, it's just that it's just my own personal. Mm-hmm. How how horror hits me. That's just not one of the genres that does it for me in terms of legitimately making me scared. Okay. And I would say also um, to Insidious's credit, I think Insidious works for me better just because it's it has a it has a tighter focus. It's very it just it relies on this family in this house. There's nothing else going on except this action, and it it works it works for what that for what's that for what that's you, doing you know what i th- i think i think the difference between this and insidious and why i like insidious more is insidious to me was satisfying because all, nearly i'm going to say like 95% of the scares in the movie were all true scares it wasn't like oh i go and i open a drawer and a cat comes out and it's not real and blah, blah, blah. 
but then you know i go into the next room and there's a ghost or whatever like in that in insidious they were all there was something there there was always something there there was always something coming in or there was all it was all true scares in this one it's there's a lot of the setup and and this and, and I can see what he's trying to do. It's it's uh, he's trying he's trying to make this like uh, this haunted house kind of where you walk down the stairs and you walk through here and then you walk through here and then oh there's a noise over here but it's really over here and this and that and the other thing. But Insidious, the reason I like that more is because they were all they were all true scares. What I saw is mm-hmm. it, it was it was there. Yeah, it wasn't a fake out, you know. What I what I do like in both this and Insidious is that they're they're movies that have haunted house elements, but they both have good reasons why the family just doesn't move or why why the house still oh, right, yeah. is involved. And in Insidious, it's the funniest thing. It's just well, let's just move, and they do move, and they do, and, it, yeah. and there's still problems, and it doesn't stop. It doesn't yeah. stop. Well, and I what's love great that about, about it. And what's great about that is the first house they move into looks like a haunted house. It's like well, of course it's haunted. And then they move to like the most regular looking house possible, and it's it, it's still bad things are happening. So that's like yeah, yeah. That, that, then, that, that boy with a painter's cap that was awful. <laughs> tiptoe by the tulips, and uh, this one. <laughs> This one, yeah, the house looks haunted, but also the the, the Warrens are just like, well, you can't leave because the, the, they'll they'll just, they'll just follow you. <laughs> like, exactly. We we know this. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, he's also talking like finances and stuff. Like he's got uh, everything invested hey, in hey, the hey, house, and the, it's for the good of his family, Marcus. He can't he, speak. Well, <laughs> they can't live in New Jersey. It's, it's the 70s economy. Were, but he had said something to the effect where. Nobody would take in a, a family of seven or eight or so, whatever, yeah. whatever. Yeah, they bought the house from the bank. They didn't. They spent all the money. Yeah, that they see, had. so it was a legitimate, you know, it was yeah. a legitimate. He's a, a legitimate excuse. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, and again, that's that. Uh, I brought that up earlier, which is I think that everything is more or less grounded, just except for doing laundry at three a.m. <sighs> All right, let's uh, get to our rating for the film. I think we've talked about The Conjuring plenty. Um, each look at out now, apparently, we try to rate films based on when you should go and see them, and we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. How do we start? Marcus, on that scale, where would you put The Conjuring? Um, Theater. Aaron? Same. Abe? I'd say dollar theater, just because uh, horror is not really my thing, but it's still fun to see with a group. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Dollar Theater as well, just because I was not as satisfied as I wanted to be, but I do think it's a solid movie to see in a theater, in a Dollar Theater. Um, yeah, let's get to a little movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. This is where we discuss a couple of films that in some way are related to the main feature of the week. Of course, we were talking about The Conjuring, Air and Fink. Did you think of any other movies while watching The Conjuring? Mm, no, no, I didn't, and I forgot about callbacks, so I have nothing, nothing prepared at all. <laughs> no I'm problem. Worthless. It's fun. it's okay. You brought the pull of the guys earlier. <laughs> yeah. Marcus. Well, um, well, you had brought it up earlier, but I had written it down. The, the house of the devil. It has all, all the scenes where she's walking through the house, and it just house of the devil to me is one of is is hugely underrated movie i love that probably it's probably i for me it's ty west's only good movie but (laughs) you know it's it's hugely underrated as far as atmosphere and everything like that it really it really reminded me of 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 this movie hey uh paranormal activity three because there's a there's like a sheet scene in this one and same thing in paranormal activity three (laughs) um wreck 
the Rex series because there's like some exorcism stuff that goes on in there and they kind of have, like this flashback with the Warrens. Um, and then A Haunting in Connecticut, not because I've seen Haunting in Connecticut, but because good start, go on. They're they're in Rhode <laughs> Island. The the Warrens live in Connecticut and the the Perrin family lives in Rhode Island. But uh, I just thought like, oh look, it's a haunting and they're in Connecticut. Never mind. We should really have a segment called Abe Recommend the Movies He Hasn't Seen. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought Exorcist, Insidious came to mind, House of the Devil came to mind, Paranormal Activity, The Sixth Sense, and even Drag Me to Hell from Sam Raimi came to mind. Just in terms oh, yeah. of kind of yeah, fun. Exorcist fun. came to mind for me too. Yep. Especially with the titles, like you said before, Abe. That was like oh, straight out of The Exorcist. I was like, wow, this looks very familiar. Yeah. yeah. Just that classic sort of thing, like Cabin in the Woods did, where it's just like, bum, 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 title card. <laughs> that was, that was like hilarious. Title card, Are you even listening to me? <laughs> it's like, bah! <laughs> that's, that's great on Blu-ray when you have the volume really loud, by the way, which just, just jars onto you. Um, anyway, let's get to, let's do, let's, uh, let's talk about our sponsor. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. There are over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any sort of MP3 player. Uh, for you, the listeners of Out Now, Fair and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Abe, do you have a book you'd want to recommend this week? Yes. I highly, highly, highly recommend The Life and Times of the Thunderbolt Kid by Bill Bryson. It's not related to this podcast in any way, but it's a it's a great memoir book, and it really taught me that uh, memoirs could be hilarious in addition to being deep and retrospective. And uh, again, the life and times of the Thunderbolt Kid by Bill Bryson. Cool, that's a book that you can download at Audible. Just you you can get your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com/slash/outnowpodcast. You can literally download that book, start up your membership. You get for three thirty day trial. Just check it out. If you find other books, that's great too. You can buy them, or you can just delete your account completely and still keep the free book that you got to begin with. Every, everyone wins in this. What a Every- deal! <laughs> exactly, exactly, Aaron. It is a deal. It's a steal. It's audibletrial.com. So the podcast. Okay, let's move on. Whew. Let's get down now. Feedback. 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 This is a segment where we go over the, some of the questions that we've brought on to Facebook, Twitter, and wherever else, and you guys answered, and we're going to read those answers right now. It's going to be crazy. Here we go. <laughs> First question, what movie scared you as a child? And we have an answer from Mike. He said, Alien horrified horrified me for days. And from Allison, it. There's an exclamation Thanks. point there. So I said, exclamation point. Yeah, she, she capitalized all of that. I crushed it. <laughs> crushed that and then we also asked, uh, if you're at Comic-Con, what's been the coolest thing you've seen so far? Aaron from Aaron and Abe wrote Sharknado oh, cosplay. Let me explain. Okay, so Sharknado, there was Sharknado cosplay. There's no reason that Sharknado should continue to be a popular thing, but it is. And Correct. people even had cosplay as Sharknado at Comic Con. Was it a was it a, a shark costume with like tornado accessories? <laughs> it was it was a shark dressed as a Comic Con goer. Actually, no, it was this. It was, there was a couple there, but the one I the one that like I took a picture of because I got a chance to. The others were sharknadoing away too quickly. Uh, there was this woman. She had like this this giant like cotton thing, and it had wire wrapped around it with all these sharks attached to it. It was just really well done. Huh. It was such a. a she would have won the the competition, huh? Oh mm. uh, well, no. There was there there were hundreds of dollars. There were, there were spent better. Ones. On, there there were hundreds of dollars spent on other more elaborate costumes, but I mean that's just a good that was a good. One. All right, and uh, Jason Ritter wrote Zack Snyder's Batman Superman film, which we briefly touched upon uh, earlier in the podcast. 
And we'll talk, talk about that more in the upcoming <laughs> Con Bonus episode. But yes, there will be a Batman Superman movie directed by Zack Snyder. Boo. Hey, what's the best worst <laughs> horror movie you would recommend? A movie that's so bad it's good. Mike wrote Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I replied, that's not a bad, so so bad it's good. That's just a good movie. That's just what that is. Uh, let's see. Dennis put Tremors and Eight-Legged Freaks. Joe Jans put... Uh, he put Best Shining, Worst Tombs of the Blind Dead. I don't know what that is, and I don't care to find out. <laughs> uh, Jim put Motel Hell, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, not starring Nicolas Cage. Lat and last broadcast. Uh, Jason, he has, I don't watch horror films, they're not my thing. Thanks for taking the time. <laughs> and uh, Mark, Mark Hoban, friend of the show, on the show, of course. Bas- basket Case is where he put. And let's see, lastly, what's a movie that gave you terrible dreams for a while? Mike has, when I was a kid, the Friday the 13th movies did. Manish put The Shining, or The Shining, either one. <laughs> and Jason put The Mummy and Pitch Black. So, yeah, there we go. That's all right. Now, feedback. Thanks for all your feedback. Yeah. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Thank you, guys. You can, of course, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com. podcast. That's where we uh, tend to post. Love to interact with you. We do, and we tend to post the most. I was rhyming on purpose. We tend to post the most questions there, and, uh, you know, feel free to provide your answers and what have you. We're always, always lucky to get those. And let's see. What else do we have? It's time for box office talk, actually. That's what we're getting. Oof. The box office this week. Uh, I take a peek. You took a peek. All right. Well, I did. We, last week, we just pre- tried to predict. Each one of us tried to guess what we thought would be number one. And let's see. Alan had Despicable Me 2. Josh had The Conjuring. I had Red 2. Abe, do you remember what you I, predicted? You thought yeah, I had the short end of the stick when we all chose burnt matches, and uh, I had to choose RIPD. So I chose RIPD. <laughs> had to choose everyone. RIPD. That's what that I, I had to. Yeah, we, we had a draw. We had, yeah, that's, uh, that's how we <laughs> Um, so yeah, RIPD debuted in seventh place with a whopping 12.7. Oh, wow. That'd be, that'd be pretty good for, you know, if it was like a nice little indie, but no, the movie costs $130 million, so that's, that's yeah. not gonna be very good for that. Red 2 debuted in fifth place. Apparently the elderly did not come out in droves to see Red 2 this weekend, cause it came in fifth place of 18 million. Still a pretty high number for fifth place. Um, follow that up with, uh, Grown Ups 2 in fourth place. Yay for that movie, right? Am I right, guys? Am I right, Marcus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Ooh. Exactly. Uh, third place for Turbo. <laughs> Turbo making its debut. Apparently, it's not as big as Despicable Me 2. People just didn't want to see snails as much as they want to see minions because Despicable Me 2 is still in second place of $25 million. Uh, No. But all above everything else, I think I said that right, The Conjuring debuted in first place of $31.5 million. It's a huge, the Conjuring. A huge opening for a whole, an R-rated horror movie, no less. People like horror. People like seeing things that are different. Do you know what, what was its production budget? Uh, 13. Okay. Wow. Add on, wow. you know, whatever, 50 for Mar- whatever. Mar- it doesn't matter at this point. It's going to make back its yeah. money. You'll get marketed the heck out of that movie. And you'll get Still Conjuring in a couple years' time, so there you go. <laughs> Chapter 3. For, um, um, uh, more Adventures with the Warrens. Conjuring 3, the final conjure. What was the one with, like, the awful poster where, like, the, the person is posed as a number two? Oh, the last exorcism. The last, the, the last, the last conjuring. The last, last, last exorcism. Right. Yeah. The, the last conjuring. Part two. Part two. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, conjuring big debut for that film. Um, other things that happened. Only God forgives debuted on uh, VOD this weekend and very limited release. Really? It made yeah, and it made a, a, a very small amount of money, but a pretty 
okay per theater average, a theater of like one, whatever. But <laughs> and uh, let's see, yeah, that's uh, oh, Pacific Rim took a took a dive a bit. It's in sixth place and second week, uh, fifteen million there. It's a shame. Um, yeah, just didn't catch on. Um, especially when you have four new movies opening this week, and the core the core audience that would see Pacific Rim were you know all at Comic Con. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's um, why didn't you send out a mass Facebook post and say, "Everyone, let's go flood the theaters in San Diego, Aaron. Come on!" I did. That's right? what I, that's that's what I did the whole week. <laughs> Good for you. I mean, you know take it back. Take it back. I, once again, I literally had Gypsy Danger in every picture I was taking, so I, <laughs> I think I did my part. Go see. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure I did my part there. You um, did. You did. Yeah. I take it back. Thank you. Let's uh, move on now to what, what time is it? Oh, Aaron, is it is it really time for uh for games? It might be. Game it, it, it might be that time. Let me see. Wow, you you really conjured up some some friendly spirits there. That was fun. I was playing that. I was playing that. Wow. <laughs> I've just seen it. That was a Sean Wright pun. <laughs> Abe, do you have games for us? Yes, I've got two of them. One of them is super easy. The other one is uh, All right. also very easy. Okay, awesome. okay, Mark, Marcus, That's we're me. playing the games now. Did you, right. save, you, save, you save these ones for me? I did, yes, yeah. Right. Especially the okay. last one I'm going to ask. All right. Okay. So, game one is called Please for Help. All right. Oh, wow, okay. The first question. Wait, the first what, question. What, what? what? Please for help. So essentially, you have to you have to name the movie in which this uh this uh this line was written. Okay. Uh, all right. So this this first question here, and the only question: In which horror film can you hear the phrase "Help me, please"? Tower Perry's Why Did I Get Married Too? That is correct. <laughs> that was me Marcus, in the audience. Aaron Fink. Any answers? Um, The Hills Have Eyes. That is also correct. Marcus? With the poltergeist? That is correct. Everything is correct because you hear this phrase in every horror movie. Help me, please. I, li- I like this game. All right. Everybody wins that one. Good for you. Good job, guys. All right. Good job. All right. Game number awesome. two. This is actually the real game. It's called oh. Objects of Demise. And this game is essentially uh, you have to name the object uh, from these films that were the demise of not the main character, maybe not the side characters, but just any character. But mostly Professor the Plum in the study with the wrench. Got Damn it! it. Next game. Number five. <laughs> All right. First question. And again, if you have the answer, uh, you can go ahead and uh, say it before I end, end the uh, the question. But if you answer wrong uh, once, uh, you're out. So you have to wait for the next question. All right. Here we go. You got ten questions here. This Back to the Future co-star is temporarily stopped flat in his tracks by this construction site object in who framed Roger Rabbit. A steamroller? That's correct. Aaron Neuer. Crushed it. Got it. Number two. A brother and sister must team up together to stop a monstrous resident from creating more havoc during full moons with this instrument. A, a stake? That is incorrect. A brother and sister must team up together to stop a monstrous resident from creating more havoc during full moons with this instrument. Um, Silver bullets. That is correct. And that's oh also my god! Movie. What? What's the name of the movie? Sil- Silver bullet. That's a movie. <laughs> that's a movie. It's like the it has Corey Haim in it. <laughs> Who saw this movie? No, no Abe. I'm sorry. You're, <laughs> You're just saying, making me look. That's bad. a movie. It has Corey Haim in it. Doesn't quite. That's a fun to me that movie. That's a movie. 
Anyway. Really, really making me look bad. It has Corey Haim in it, so clearly it's a, yeah, I see it now. It's a Stephen I King saw, book. I saw License to Drive. It's a Stephen King book, so, Silver Bullet, and it came out in the 80s and starred Corey Haim and Gary Busey. Uh, I'm, I'm half black. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> Moving on, number three. Tom Cruise and Mia Sarah must fight a demonic Tim Curry and retrieve this magical object in order to save their world from an involuntary ice age. I don't know, but it's legend. I know it's legend. I can't think of the thing, so I'll just say, like, Tim Curry's nose or something. That's close. Marcus, you can totally steal this. Am I, am I right? I don't even remember. It's sort of a nose. It's actually a unicorn's horn. I was going to say oh. horn next, because that suddenly made more sense to me. And that one goes to Abe. Oh, okay. All right. Number four. This diminutive villain can only be stopped by producing a green plant with an even number of extensions. Leprechaun. Dude. That is correct. Aaron oh, King. my God. <laughs> Did you start this? So was the object of his demise the leprechaun? Or that was the answer no, to that question. It's... Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Aaron Fee, that's incorrect. Oh, no. Abe, was it a four-leaf clover? Oh, that is wow. correct. Oh, come on, Marcus. <laughs> oh, come on. I, I laid it up for you and everything. <laughs> come wow. on. Allie, oop. All right, yeah, I forgot that these are objects, not the name of the movie. Oh, and also people forgot that Jennifer Anderson had a real nose in the leprechaun. Uh-oh. <laughs> I should have said the question about that. All right. Number five. A talented young wizard must teleport out of the clutches of a sadistic man using this device, all while being asked to take the corpse of a dead classmate back to his father for mourning. I have no clue. A talented young wizard must teleport out of the clutches of a, of a sadistic man while using this device, all while being asked to take the corpse of a dead classmate back to his father for mourning. It's a port key. Yeah. Shoot. Oh. What is that from? That's Harry from Potter. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh, my oh, that's, God. That's not a horror movie. Okay. The, the shoot, yeah, it's, the, it's not, the, but the it's a... Uh, what's that? Well, oh, no, it was the cup. The cup was a Triwizard Cup, yes. Yeah. Pick a movie I've seen. <laughs> that was H-Gob? Right. That was, that was H-Gob with uh, Robert Pattinson? Yes, oh, okay. that was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> classmate. It's one of his All best right. roles. Number six. <laughs> scary movie twist- for it. Scary movie for it. Right. Number six. A twisted white collar serial killer does 1,000 crunches a day and ponders taking the life of an innocent secretary with this carpentry tool. A chainsaw. Uh, a nail gun? Yeah. A nail gun is correct. A nail gun. Do you like Phil Collins? Oh, my God. Do <laughs> you like Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> what? Why do you have style sections all in the newspaper or on the floor? <laughs> is that a raincoat? Why, yes, Paul, it is. <laughs> all right. Number seven. In the What's film this? Identity. What? Nothing. Go on. Right, number seven. Oh, wait. Actually, baseball bat. Yes! Damn it. <laughs> what? <laughs> that what is correct. Happened? In the film Identity, one of the killer's identities is off with, or is off with this baseball tool. Baseball bat, yeah. Yeah. He gives, I, like, I a, love Identity. I think that's a solid movie. Give me yeah. that point, too, because... I, I will split that point. Oh, but okay. Aaron, you, all you no, said was identity. I'm not, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to split that. That was totally you. You totally Jake named Busey it. Gets, it gets, gets throated. Yeah, he, gets, he gets super deep throated with a baseball bat. The baseball bat. Yeah, exactly. I thought, <laughs> nobody, I thought nobody was going to know that. It's way. just like Starship Troopers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number eight. This group of young hooligans get what they deserve when they are asked to break into a stranger's home and attempt to find a particular item in a house filled with like objects and glowing televisions. Oh, Laser discs. Um, what? That's wrong, Aaron. And it's, it's wrong. That? Aaron Fink, what would you say? I was just saying he's wrong. Count him out. 
Oh, okay. All right. Come on, Marcus. He set Plastic. this one up for you. Okay. A group of hooligans uh, get what they deserve when they are asked to break into a stranger. Do I have to say what they got killed with? You have to say, yes, exactly. And th- they do get killed with this. And they, you have to find uh, a particular item. It's like, a, a, it's like a, oh my, I don't want to guess Light wrong. I know. The title of the movie. <laughs> What'd you say? What'd you say, Mark? VHS is correct. Oh, wow. Okay, let's move on before I incriminate myself. All right. Number nine. <laughs> Dude, that's two. Number nine. In Jason Goes to Hell, the demise of a diner cook is sealed when his head is pushed into this industrial kitchen appliance. Um, French fryer. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, he gets his face boiled off with hot oil. The bet, See, Jason tops that in Jason X, arguably the best Jason ever. Where, <laughs> where he wakes up from cryo sleep. Yes. <laughs> he takes he takes this woman's head. He puts oh, yeah, he, he puts her head in like this cryo freeze. Yeah. Freezes the head and then Break. slams the head onto the table next to it. It just breaks <laughs> into pieces. That's one of the best kills of all time. Oh man. my god, it's amazing. <laughs> you see like just this like remnants of this head left over. <laughs> yeah. Show Sounds notes. Like a... Show notes right <laughs> now. Go on. I'm sure it's on YouTube. All right. Last question. Number oh, ten. Here. All right, and this is actually a television thing. All right, number 10. In this Halloween episode, Maggie Simpson manages to stop Willie's reign of terror with this object. Pacifier. That is correct. Marcus, what uh, the? Yeah, she plugs the she plugs Willie's, she plugs Willie's bagpipe, if you know what I mean. And blows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh looks here like we actually have a tie between Aaron Fink and Aaron Newworth. So the tiebreaker would be you have to now hum John Carpenter's Halloween theme as best you can, in a drunk voice, and I will decide who's the winner. <laughs> Wait, hum in a drunk voice? What does that mean? So, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> I don't think it helps if you actually do it, but... <laughs> <laughs> and go! Aaron Fink. <laughs> I, I don't know if I know it. I'm, I'm just going to hum what I think <laughs> it is. You don't know this... Aaron I... Newer. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is Marcus Robinson. Yeah, oh, thank you. I just stole it from Aaron, who did a I'll, great drunken Halloween impersonation. I'll take the win. And he's still going. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Newworth. Should I make a speech? Uh, no, because you actually no? didn't really win. It's kind of more. Oh. Uh, participation points. Yeah, there you go. Pat on the back. <laughs> A for effort. <laughs> and that hey, was hey. games. All right. Let's get to what Out Now presents What's Out Now. These are new movies and DVDs and Blu-rays, and I, I could say that sentence all many kinds of ways I want to. It's still not going to be right. These are things coming out this week that you could rent in some way or buy. Um, we have uh, Danny Boyle's Trance comes out this week. I like this film quite a bit, actually. I thought that was, that was a fun ride. Mm-hmm. Some neat twists in there. Um, let's see. Speaking of twists, Francis Ford Coppola's Twixt comes out this week. Oh man, I didn't even see that. That's something I've been curious about. He was he was he was approaching that movie like a road show where he's taking it on the road and doing like live performances of it with like Val Kilmer and Yeah, and changing it in every place yeah. too. And... But uh, yeah, now it's actually coming out on Blu ray, so uh, you know, that'll be an interesting watch. And something called Welcome to the Punch comes out. I think this is another James McAvoy movie that came out in very limited release, maybe only in England or something like that, but if anyone else sees that movie, let me know how it is, because I'm curious. I, I think I saw a trailer for that like a while ago, and it looks like, oh, this looks grimy. All right, let's see how that goes. 
So yeah, there we go with that. Let's what's, what's going on next week here? We have the Wolverine. That's what we're talking about next week. This is the, of course, new film starring Hugh Jackman as a Wolverine, possibly the. And um, yeah, we'll see how uh, how that goes. But in the meantime, we can predict the box office for it. And let me set you up with some some factolas about the X Men franchise just to get you prepped and ready for how you think the Wolverine will do next weekend. It is the only release, by the way. I'm pretty sure that's true. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, the to-do list comes out, but that's only like at 500 theaters, and the way, way back expands into oh, more theaters. Oh, God, to-do list. Um, but and Woody Allen's movie actually opens at six theaters next week. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Wolverine, biggest release coming out. Let's see, X-Men series in general. Opening weekend for X-Men Origins Wolverine, 85 million. That was at the beginning of May, back in 2009, before people, you know, saw X-Men Origins Wolverine, so I guess that's the reason that movie debuted so high. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, let's see, X-Men. First Class uh, did well, didn't it? First Class did all right. It's actually the lowest grossing of the films, and it opened to $55 million. Um, X, the first X-Men, opened to $54 million. Um, X-Men so it isn't the lowest. Hmm. It, op- it opened the second lowest. It grossed the lowest. Okay. Um, domestically, anyways. X2 oh. opened to 85 also, and X-Men The Last Stand opened super huge once again before people saw X-Men The Last Stand. Um, Bummer. Yeah. I, uh, I'm so, gonna guess, uh, hmm, I think people are kind of getting pooped out from this big movie syndrome. I'm gonna go with first place, but, uh, just like a 58 million. That's pretty high for people being pooped out, but alright. 58 million. <laughs> I could've gotten 80. That's you what could've. Alright. But I didn't. Uh, Aaron, thoughts? Uh, I think Wolverine's going to be number one as far as how much it's going to make. I don't know. Maybe like 60. I'll, I'll be a little higher than Abe just, just for the heck of it. Nice. Marcus? I'm going to say one with 66. All right. Ooh. I think it's going to – yeah. Man, this is tough. Um... <laughs> Damn. Quit your Stalin. Well, it's like, you guys have got a good range. Like, I'd be... Put your stall and show me your marks. <laughs> All right, I'm going to jump in between you guys. I'll say, I'll say, I'm going to say $60 million and $1. And oh, the price to, is right in that range. Try to get in that range. Try to get in that range. You made me do it. <laughs> you made me do it. Come on down. I'm literally Here's typing 60. The price is right. Here we go. 60, comma, 3330, or three, three, one. There we go. Sixty million and one dollars is my prediction <laughs> for next week for the for the Wolverine. So we'll see how that goes. And with that said, that's going to bring us to the end of this week's podcast. This is it's been fun, guys. But you know, got to bring it to a close here. That's how we got to go. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now There and Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodezeke.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at wisetheblue.com for all my blue reviews, as well as all my Comic-Con covers that will be coming out throughout the week. I've already had a couple articles up there along with the other writers for the site. And, yeah, we'll be just be dishing out, you know, things that happen at Con and, you know, pictures of the panels and what have you. So, yeah, feel free to check that out. Also, twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag The Last of Us. Aaron Fink. Yes, you can find me on the PBS show Justina. You can check your local listings. We're on every week. Also, you can go to justina.com, youtube.com slash justina reviews, or facebook.com slash justina. Marcus Robinson. 
You can find me on examiner.com. You can also find me on my personal blog, uh, moviesmarcusonline.blogspot.com, or follow me on Twitter at moviesmarcus. Awesome. You can, of course, find all the other episodes of At Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes, also at Stitcher. Um, you can also locate us at hhwlod.com. Our show is a part of the podcast network at hhwlod, and that includes other shows like the Walking Dead TV podcast, Longbox of Doom, Half Hour Wasted, other fun shows like that. We've got your cool guys talking about comics, games, and movies and stuff. Yeah. You can also find more episodes over at outnow.podomatic.com, including some exclusives, including interviews that Aaron does, and Outnow Nights. You can also check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash outnowpodcast, which is very dated. Um, hopefully we'll get that up and running soon, maybe? We need an intern. Send us your resumes. Seriously. Outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to email us your thoughts on The Conjuring or any other you know surprise horror films that you've seen recently that you want to give a shout-out to, possibly. And check us out at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, where you can interact with us, answer some questions, and we'll read your responses on the air. And of course, twitter.com slash outnowpodcast. You can outnow, sorry, twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. You can follow us there and, you know, just tweet back at us. We like, we like tweeting just as much as we like Facebooking. <laughs> and our latest oh, page. Yeah. At, oh, yeah. I'm on the Twitters too. I forgot. <laughs> at Aaron Evan Fang. Yeah. I'll have it all linked to the show notes as well. Right. And also check out our latest uh, venture, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com, where we actually have post links to shows as well as just content we find around the web, including Ellie and uh, Joel just chilling at a lake. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Marcus and Aaron, for joining us to talk about The Conjuring this week. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for having us. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's very spooky episode. I had to turn the light on, like, halfway through because I was getting too scared talking about this movie. <laughs> so it was just dark now. It was just bad. Just bad news bears all over the place. But, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Tune in next week for the Wolverine. I'm hoping there's at least four giant shouts, Wolverine, into the air from with the camera pulling up. Um, yeah, it, it, that still wouldn't top the first movie, though. But, anyway, until next time, so long. And goodbye. There's no ghost in this machine, I make my own mistakes We seem like skeletons with bonehead beliefs History has been crucified, humans supernaturalized, we hope Let alone Explode its stars and space debris, taught itself to make some things
we're the Warrens. We investigate in paranormal activity. <laughs> I'm Vera Farmiga. <laughs> I'm a crazy mother. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, Let me show you this doll called Annabelle. <laughs> Wait, I need to turn on the lights, and I can't get up. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm being flown around the room. <laughs> Stop farting. It smells. 